Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the FPL Hangover podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. Hell's bells do we have a juicy pork chop of a show lined up for you this week folks. We're going to be looking at some promoted potential to see if there's any cut price options that might turn into little gems as the season moves on. We're also going to be looking at the summer signings to see if uh, any new names that we can fit into our teams. As it's a game week one preview I suppose we better take a walk through our current drafts and see what state they're in. Now we are recording this on Monday the 7th of September and yeah we're less than a week away from the deadline the game week one deadline and as much as we've been yapping about fpl over the last couple of episodes it still feels like it's crept up upon us and speaking of crept up upon he's got his shoulders flexing and his arms t-rexing my podcast partner in crime seamus how are you getting on my friend yeah pretty good thanks for having me once again what happened you this is like half your show <laughs> I feel surprised. I feel surprised every week when I'm invited yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know you're pushing your luck. You're pushing your luck at this stage. Except for the fact that you you give me homework mm. to do occasionally. And, uh, yeah, we did some homework this week and had a look at some of the newer signings. I think you looked at the uh, promoted teams. Split the workload. We're going to see. I think a distinct lack of. Uh, lack of professionalism on my side in regards to promoted potential. I think it's just a little bit disheartening at times for me because uh, there's so many... Or just so It's so rare that you find a gem coming up, but uh, we've got a few. We've got a few that we can talk about. There's definitely some uh, budget enablers in there, I think, uh, that we were looking at before, the, before we hit record. But, uh, yeah, how's your week been, man? Yeah, all good here. Uh, did a bit of tinkering, listened to some different FPL podcasts out there this week and uh, the usual ones I might, I might listen to. So, yeah, trying to think of different strategies and ways to approach it and layouts of my team. So I've been tinkering with my team since we last talked. and I've changed my layout a you small bit. You do not look too enamored. You don't look too excited. Are you, you know, a little bit kind of trepid about uh, the season started? Small bit, small bit. I, I put this in the uh, like uh, group chat we have. We're part of earlier on today. Some guys. It's just so hard to know what players to go with without preseason. There's normally you have a bit of preseason form you can go on and maybe get excited by one or two players. But like Man United, basically haven't had a preseason because they're taking like that thirty days. They're still like thirty days from when they last uh, yeah. were in action. Same with well, Man I City. Think, you know, there's no games to I go think on to there. Cut you off, it sounds like Greenwood's enjoying his. Uh... He's preseason. I don't know about the rest of the Man United players, but Greenwood's definitely having a bit of a laugh, you know. But go on, go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So there's. Uh, I've got a cat here, and I was looking for attention behind me. Um, yeah, there's hard. A lot, not much to go on there. Uh, normally, you look at the promoted teams for a bit of preseason potential. You still can a bit, but with the internationals on at the same time, like for example. Um, I was going to say I was going to say Stoke what again. What? Uh, Sheffield United, Sheffield United, and Stoke all last season. I kept just calling Sheffield United Stoke. It's the stripy jerseys, and it's just my I think poor brain. To, I think there's probably just more can't handle that, Seamus. Though to be fair, because like we were only saying before uh, we sat down that like we're looking at some five million 
Sheffield United defenders this season, and that actually reminds me of uh, back when Stoke were in the season or Stoke were in the league for a couple of years running. And after a while, you kind of knew what Pulis was doing. Like in the Pulis age, you kind of knew that they were kind of going to try and keep out a keep a clean sheet. So there was like five million defenders there. That this season, I can see your your Sheffield United Stoke kind of mixing comparisons yeah i mean the teams the way they play is completely yeah. different i mean stoke were just a long ball backs to the wall team you know i remember robert Hood, ryan shawcross not really ball players uh whereas sheffield united chris wilder has got sheffield united like attack with flair overlapping center backs now they're not scoring a whole lot of goals you know you don't really want their attackers yeah. but yeah uh, i just <laughs> uh, tend to get their those two teams mixed up in my head so when, if you hear me saying stoke on this i'm actually talking about sheffield united but what I was saying is like Sheffield United had a preseason game only this weekend and like they had a pretty much full strength squad um, in attack. But in defense, like all their players were often international duty. So they had like Phil Jagielka and stuff like that playing, uh, whereas like John Egan was there playing for Ireland. So it's kind of hard to gauge any you form miss, from these kind of preseason friendlies. Miss the preseason? Like, I mean, this is our first time. Uh, probably you know obviously experiencing this like really lack of a preseason i know there's usually like there's world cups and stuff like that but i suppose like just a quick turnaround that the season is starting straight away pretty much after the last one ended do you miss kind of that bit of a break and being able to look at a longer preseason like i know i was picking like you know acnamaga with my team this week and i'd go on to the scout and i'd be looking at uh you know the preseason guide and they have it broke down by matches like preseason one, preseason two, by season preseason three. So many fucking teams have played one match that like you're looking at people yeah. with sixty minutes of a preseason, and uh, yeah, it's I find it a bit tough. I mean, I usually enjoy doing that, uh, you know, kind of other years. Yeah, that bit of analysis usually kind of will kind of give you a bit of a competitive edge versus some casuals. But now it's just really really hard to see who's going to start off you know, uh, really well, who's going to be slow out of the blocks, who's going to need some time. Yeah, it's just difficult because not it's not a level playing field. Man City, Man United are coming back. They're missing the game week one fixture. That alone is an odd thing for a game week one, having a yeah. blank in there. So, yeah, things like that. And then you got to figure out what you want to do about those Man United, Man City, to a lesser extent, Villa and Burnley players from, from after that. Some people might be able to bench one or two of them, but those are pricey players to keep on your bench. So, yeah, it's hard to tell. And if you do go for a particular team, what happens if they get off to a slow start? Uh, with all, especially with new yeah. signings. You know, how are players going to integrate into the team without that time? So the first few game weeks, I don't know. Could they be low-scoring affairs? Could they be higher-scoring affairs while teams get used to defense and get up to speed? It's really tough one to... There could be a high variance in these first few game weeks yeah, between no, teams. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. In news of the podcast, as I mentioned every week so far, this is coming out on YouTube as well as the audio platforms. So if ye are willing and kind enough, any likes and subscribes on YouTube would really get that channel kind of moving and, and get us going in the right direction. Um, but other news in the pod, we actually got accepted in the phase one of the Fantasy Football Scout Academy. And uh, yeah, that was pretty, pretty sweet. I was chatting to them for the last couple of weeks and they're basically setting up an initiative to kind of pool together for smaller, uh, you know, content creators or content creators who are just getting started. And I thought, you know, with the YouTube channel kicking off this year, uh, why the fuck not? I mean, I've already plugged them 
five minutes ago when I was talking about the preseason guide. So, you know, why not uh, have a nice little badge to put on the, the thumbnail? And a big recommend, but Seamus, you, you were very upset with that in a, in a good way. Like, as in, I haven't seen you cry like that since since that time you got kicked out of the marathon. Well, I like to look at it that you got kicked out of the marathon. Yeah, yeah, me and all other like six thousand people after, or whatever. Yeah, after you scammed everyone out. for charity, I remember, and then you just <laughs> you just kept <laughs> that money was only resting in my account and has <laughs> since been donated. You know, I misplaced the receipts, but you know, you can trust me. No, that money's that money was all given to charity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Damn you, bringing my uh, credentials into that. But uh, yeah, I uh, it was a. What is it? You know, to be affiliated with the scout in any way, shape, or form is amazing. Um, just can't wait for that first paycheck oh, yeah. to come in. When do we? Do you know what date uh, it was? Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Now this month we have to basically work a month in, in hand, and then it's just dollar bills, man. They're rolling in after that. But we did also make a mistake last week. Uh, well, silly, silly Seamus forgot to tell me the mini league code. No. I'm lying. I'm trying to put the blame on him. And I've been told by her self-endorsed that I need to work on acceptance and self-acceptance. No, it was my fault. We completely forgot to put the fucking mini league code out on last week's pod. It's been sitting there. And uh, yeah, we did. We set up the mini league again. That's there. We have a reigning champion for the first time with Alan Fruity Finucan. I don't know, even know if he wanted to be called that. Uh, Fruity FC. It's probably... It's probably not how we saw that one panning out, but yeah, uh, we have a reigning champion, and uh, the code for this week's or this ye- this season's FPL Hangover podcast mini league is E H four H H seven. I repeat, E for Echo, H for Harlot, four for Forever. Uh, H for heart. There's so many H's. E H four H H seven. I can't believe there's three H's in that. I was. <laughs> it's only six digits long. There's four three H's. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just wing some kind of uh, phonetic alphabet thing that you usually do because you have that stuff on lock. That Echo Delta Lima shit. And uh, I said, no, I'll do it. But who knew H was for Harless? <laughs> well, I mean, that was the first word that came to my mind. So I suppose that's a. That says more about me than I intended to let out. But uh, yeah, so that's the mini league pod. Uh, I'll say it again. EH4HH7. I would expect you all to instantly put down this show right now and go sign up. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a bit of an intro, Seamus. I think it's about time we, we moved on to all of this preparation we said we've been doing. I think we'll start off with yours because... I think that's the most interesting, especially with news today. As I said, we're recording this on Monday. We've seen the confirmation of James Rodriguez being signed by Everton. And we've seen Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser being confirmed for Newcastle in the last few days. So, yeah, it's it's kind of kicking off. And uh, we'll take a quick look at the summer signings. Seamus, you've done a bit of research on this. You uh, you were tasked with having a look at all these players, and uh, yeah, we're going to judge you pretty harshly on what uh, what you produce right now. So I hope you're not nervous. No, no. I mean, I was kind of hoping there wouldn't be an exam on this. I was hoping there might be some predictive grades that might uh, dictate how many points I'm going to get in the CEO yeah, this year. Yeah, the came out today. That's, have that's a- big news. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I don't really know anyone doing the Limb Cert anymore. It's just, that's a sure sign of getting older. I think it's more of so. a limbo thing because you aren't old enough to have a load of kids, but you're young enough. You know, you're not young enough to. And none of my friend, none of my friends are having kids, and yeah, all like younger brothers are finished college and stuff at this stage. So, yeah, that's just uh, showing showing me old age. Friends. But yeah, I mean, the story of this transfer window so far yeah, is Chelsea. They're the one team that are signing players, and look, there's rumors that they're about to sign a new keeper potentially, and uh, Deccan Rice is who they're eyeing up next, ever and everything. Like, I don't know how many people are going to sign in this window, but they could have a, like. Up like eight out of eleven new players in their starting lineup. Um, one of the first players they signed, they uh, signed uh, Hakim yeah. Ziyech. I believe that's how you said you pronounced his name. I think that name. is. He's coming in at eight million. Sorry, I de- absolutely dead <laughs> yeah. I, I thought uh, it's just, that's this weird Skype lag thing you gotta get used to. I even saw Joe Rogan talking about it on his Miley Cyrus episode, and I was like, yeah, there is a fucking lag. It's it's it does my head in sometimes. But yeah, no, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about now. I just got so bogged down and see it. Yeah, he said it. You know, I watched. A, right? Yeah, I watched a little stupid video, and yeah, he said Ziesh, and I'm like. Maybe there's a sound that I'm not getting right. I've been told by the German girlfriend that, you know, the Irish uh, vocal uh, depth is, is, you know, it's not the same, apparently. It's limited. it's limited. It's not the same as, you know, European or, you know, different uh, different fucking vocal things. But anyway. Are European oh. overlords. Yeah, it is a bit different. <laughs> but go on. Hit, um, me, hit me with some Ziyech facts. But Hakim Ziyech is, uh, he's a Dutch-born Moroccan international. 27 years of age, so he should be at the peak of his powers right now. Um, he plays attack in midfield or right wing. He's left-footed. So, I mean, right left-footed right winger. That's reminding you immediately of like some like Mo Salah mm-hmm. or Riyad Mahrez. Okay. Loves a shot. This man loves a shot. He's... Um, Signed from Ajax, uh, priced really kindly at eight million in the league. Okay, um, last season he had twenty-one appearances for Ajax in the league. Uh, got six goals, twelve assists. Uh, now that's obviously with limited minutes. It was only sixteen hundred minutes, and uh, yeah, what's that? He's averaged four point two shots a game, which is crazy high. Now it is the Dutch league. Okay, uh, key passes three point seven uh, per game last season. Season before, where he played more minutes, he played 29 games, uh, 2,400 minutes approximately. He had 16 goals and 13 assists, 5.3 shots a game, 3.7 key passes on average. If you break it down, you know, as I said, he's 27. Over the last few seasons, what is that? Over the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven mm-hmm. seasons, he's averaged about 29 and a half games a season with 11.3 goals on average, 12.5 assists per season, and averaging about 4.7 shots per game. Uh, that's a crazy amount for somebody who's not a striker. So basically, the man loves a shot. You know, it gets uh, gets a good few goals. He's good for about ten goals a season or so. Gets a lot of assists. Has averaged a minimum of ten assists every season for the last six seasons in the Dutch league with Ajax and uh, FC Twente, okay. and still averages three point four key passes a game. So what do you take from this? Is this man is going to be taking shots from distance? Okay, they are not going to be. They're going to be speculative. Um, he doesn't get too many on target compared to the shot volume he takes, but he will get goals and uh, he will get assists. He seemed to do very well with um, by all kinds of what I'm reading. Um, with oh, I'm blanking on this guy's name here. The cat's trying to get out. One sec. Um, <laughs> get out. Very inappropriate, Seamus. This is live shit Sorry. right now. Yeah, you know? cat, 
cat alive. Yeah, cat alive on on air trying to get out. Have to about to our cat overlords. Is he uh, a European yeah. cat? Too many overlords. So he's a European yeah. cat overlord. She, oh god. But uh, yeah, who's uh, Tadic? Dusan Tadic <laughs> was playing for Ajax on the left. Uh, he used to play with Southampton. We all know him. Fantasy Premier League god. If you I don't know about that. What are you talking? And uh, oh, it was like a game week eight no. or nine oh. game where he got like three or four goals or something like that, and he just scored like a massive like twenty. That's like so, he's only prices six. That's like saying Chumba Wumba were a fucking uh, you know music gods at one stage he was a one hit wonder I think most people remember him as a frustrating motherfucker to have in their, in their fancy team Yeah, went from Southampton to Ajax and has been yeah. really good and he had an amazing season not the season just gone but the season before and a lot of his assists came from um, Ziyech switching the play from the, the right flank over to the left where he would get into the edge of the box and get a goal got a lot of goals so if that can be replicated at Chelsea this year, I could see a lot of goals for Pulisic potentially. You know, when he gets back from uh, his injury. So, like, you're talking, be. you're talking a big but game and Chelsea, right? But I mean, like, realistically, I want to know: Are you looking at him, putting him in your team, or is this are Chelsea like a wait and yeah. see for you? Because we're going to be blabbing on about Chelsea for the next few minutes. But in general, like you mentioned, you can see by game week eight needing two Chelsea attackers. And I think that's pretty fair statement to make. Like, what are you? What's your thoughts on Chelsea? I I think there's. I think we're all going to be on like multiple Chelsea attackers after like eight to ten game weeks. I think because the value is there. If they hit the ground running any bit, if they start scoring goals, like mm-hmm. we think they will, they scored a lot of goals last year. They're attackers, and uh, the team is like so good. They're so much better this year. At least the attacking yeah. talent is there. Whether they gel or not remains to be seen. But it's going to be hard to like not see these attackers more of which we'll talk about in a while, not resulting in more goals or assists. So, yeah, I'm really on uh, Ziyech. I had him in my team. Then he got a, a knee yeah. injury in their pre- pre-season friendly against Brighton. Uh, he got he didn't get an assist. He switched the ball over to Hudson-Odoi, I think, who took a bad touch, fell to Werner, who got his first yeah. goal for Chelsea. He was in a friendly, of course. They're playing Brighton on the first day, day of the season, so it's kind of odd that they It is a bit weird, isn't it? Pre-season friendly. Yeah. Maybe that was all organized before the fixtures were announced. You imagine that's what happened. But uh, yeah, I was um, I was a bit horny for him. <laughs> and whether I stick with him or not, I don't know. Uh, it will depend on uh, injury news closer to it. I think he was probably the most likely of their new players to start along with Werner. We'll get to here shortly. But he, um, yeah, I'll see. I might have to. I, I think I'm just going to start with Werner now. Starting with two seems kind of risky. Definitely, want especially to have with uh, as you said, have uh, you know Havertz. We we would get to him soon, and uh, with Havertz and Ziyech and you know Pulisic coming back from injury, you kind of have to kind of wait and see what the lineup's going to be. Uh, I think everyone outside of Werner is uh, you know a bit of a, a risk or at least a wait and see, but. I think that makes Werner even more locked on, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Those stats uh, were taken from Fancy Football Scout as well. So look, plugging constantly plugging plug our yeah. masters. What is it with you and Overlords and uh, Masters tonight? I, I feel like you you're coming across as some beaten down fucking I don't know peasant. I've been working yeah. all day. <laughs> I, I'm working all day. I'm just uh, feeling very yeah, subservient at the moment. Uh, yeah, and you know, you run this pod. I'm just your, yeah, your you're slave, my Igor. basically, when it comes to this. Well, uh, next player on the list, we'll move on, because we could be talking about players all day, and I just want to speak about the main guys. Timo Werner is the next one, okay? German international, 24 years of age, uh, center forward, 
coming in at 9.5. So he's 0.5 less than yeah. Vardy. He's a million less than Kane and Aguero. So he's coming in at a pretty good price. I thought he'd be priced more. Uh, so I think he's underpriced as well, as, as Ziyech probably will be as well. I think, I think both these guys will prove to be a great value over the course of the season. Um, he's He sometimes plays left wing. He's played left wing before. He's been playing center forward more the last few seasons. But something to be aware of, last season he played five games left wing. So if Pulisic is out for a few games, he, that could be how he sees you know makes his introduction. Small bit of a worry, but purchased primarily so to play center who forward. who would you see taking the center forward slot if uh, Werner is on the left? You think it's, it's up between Giroud and Abraham? Is it still... Yeah, I think he could just... Um, whoever's probably showing better form preseason. I don't know if uh, Giroud's form at the end of last season puts him slightly ahead of Abraham. But he may want to introduce all these new players yeah. slowly, show some loyalty to the existing players before kind of saying, well, look, um, you know, you can start, but if you don't do the business, then these guys are ready to come in. Kind of, uh, It'd be a little empty, but uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's a sign of respect. I don't know. Uh, either way, I, I would expect... Yeah, it's hard. I would expect yeah. Werner to, well, to, to say start with, up with front. Frank, you know? Frank. That's that's what he's been playing in the, in the friendly. Yeah, me too, me too. These are just me overthinking things a small bit and kind of go, this could happen and this may happen. We're no closer to the date. So it's something, these are things to watch out for more than necessarily be, yeah. be worried about. But getting to some of his stats, last year in the league he had uh, 28 goals and 8 assists. Overall he had 34 goals and 13 assists. Um, you know, he... Great stats. He was uh, really made a name for himself last week. This is for RB Leipzig. Um, season before, he had 16 goals, 9 assists in the league. Season before that, 13 goals, 8 assists. Season before that was his breakout season, 21 goals, 7 assists. So he's, you know, like in the last 159 games for Leipzig, he scored 94, 95 goals, 40 assists. So he's averaging, what's that, 135 goals and or assists in 160 games, pretty much, 159 games. So, you know, he's close to a goal a game, a goal or an assist a game, attack and return. Very high uh, minutes there. So, yeah, he's somebody you got to expect is just going to keep on improving, especially with the supply lines that are going to be coming in at Chelsea. Pulisic on the left, Ziyech on the right, and Kai Havertz probably right yeah. behind them. Um, so, very, very exciting prospect. I have him in my team. I've had him in most of my drafts so far. I've experimented with putting... Vardy and stuff in there but I just think that this is the guy to go for I think you have him yeah, too yeah I currently right? have him too uh, and I, as you said Vardy is the one I'm uh, maybe like a little hesitant to come down like my first draft had a Vardy version of it because you know you know he was fucking golden boot winner last year and I think Leicester have a decent start to the to the season so uh, I'd have no it's basically like do you make the the kind of take a bit of leap of faith in Werner that he starts his English Premier League career running or do you stick with someone that I feel like you know is is a safe option these days like you know he's the the talisman for for Leicester City so it's a money thing for me it's a yeah. like just sheer I can save that 0.5 maybe like I have 1.5 in the bank right now I need a mill to to finish my game week, you know, kind of reacting to Man City and Manchester United coming back plans. So I have 0.5 to mess around with. I can either turn one of my 4.5 defenders into a Sheffield United option, like we mentioned with Egan, or I could look at bumping Werner up to Verdi for what I feel is a safer pick, but 
a little less exciting. A little. I, I want to get a bit of Chelsea right now. That's the truth. They've so like they've overhauled their team, and that's risky as fuck. But I'm excited by it in the sense like there's a shit ton of players I've never really seen play come into the Premier League now, and uh, I kind of want a bit of that action. And Werner is definitely the best of the Chelsea options. Yeah. Um the last of their kind of three big attacking additions they've uh, made was the most recent addition of mm. Kai Havertz priced at 8.5 million. He's younger now. He's 21 years of age, plays as an attacking midfielder, German international again, left footed. Um, so we've got two left footers there as well. He has last season in the league for 30 games, 12 goals, six assists. Um, he averages 2.2 shots a game. So he shoots less, but he seems to be more accurate uh, than someone like uh, Ziyech. Uh, he averages two key passes per game last season. Season before, from 34 games, 17 goals, three assists. That includes a couple of, uh, I think, three penalties as well. Um, 2.6 shots per game, one key passes per game. So his key passes per game are lower than uh, Ziyech. Uh, he has less shots, but scoring more goals seems to be more accurate. He uh, plays quite often, quite advanced, just behind the main yeah. striker, you know, almost um, in the hole. So. He could be brilliant playing off of Werner. So let's see. He could be almost kind of used as a, like almost a second striker. So it will depend on the games and we'll see how he fits into the team. Will he start game week one? He's only been, he's only signed in the last week. Maybe he's not ready. I don't know. I think if any out of any position, I think he's most likely to not play. I think there's a good chance Mount yeah. could play. But Mount could play on the left or... Potentially, if you mentioned wanting to, uh, you know, yeah, wanting Frank Lampard possibly wanting to not completely disown the team that you know he that mm -hmm. uh, he you know had last year, and I think Mount is probably top of the list of players that he's most likely to you know kind of maybe reassure, maybe give him a start, yeah. you know, uh, honor, honor, yeah, exactly, love honor obey, <laughs> yeah, definitely, he's like loves that boy, and uh, I really like season. him, I really like Mount. Didn't quite get the attacking returns in FPL that we would hope for. Like just a few goals short. He, like I can't know. Don't know exactly what he got. Now I'd have to pull up his stats. But like it seems like he got maybe six goals, eight assists, sort of thing, which is which is was good for his price. But for the increase in price he's got this year and the doubt around his starting place, yeah, it seems a bit high. I would rather like will he start? Will Frank start with you know Pulisic on the left, Werner up front? Uh, Ziyech on the right and Havertz you know as the furthest forward attacking midfielder you would think that would be the starting formation like throughout the season and the season yeah. goes on but will that be the place you know for game week one well, game week two Pulisic, is he going to be ready for game week one he's close he's doing well but I don't again we don't know until closer to it when they have their interviews will he be ready for game week one or not you have to think with a hamstring injury and it looked like yeah. a bad one the community shields that that takes you know five or six weeks to kind of be back from he could be back for game week maybe not for game week one could be on the bench could be back for game week two or three but you have to think even after something like that it does take a bit of time to fully come back from that without aggravating it again i remember he was injured remember he got the hat trick last season he was kind of had a niggly injury and he was kind of went like eight game weeks yeah. where he did nothing it's because he was managing an injury i think it was a hamstring injury again and uh, it was only when he came back after Christmas then when he had fully healed up from that injury that he was on fire again. So I don't think it's something I want to be getting in him straight away, which is why someone like Havertz or Ziyech could be brilliant, what you would call placeholders 
for that sort of yeah play? no I think it's very much a wait and see with Chelsea outside of Werner um, and even with regard to Werner he is as we said an unknown in FPL so it is a wait and see I suppose in, in that regard but I'm not uh, I'm not worried about minutes looking at other teams Seamus because we could literally sit here and start talking about Thiago Silva we could talk about potential keepers that Chelsea are going to sign we could do a whole fucking episode on how Chelsea have you know kept the British transfer market alive this summer but um, other teams Seamus uh, I don't know if you got a chance to prep it so I will mention this, uh, like Callum Wilson signing for Newcastle. Like we don't know a, a price for him right now, but that's definitely got uh, managers talking in regards to oh, if he comes in at a you know a, a valid option. I assume you don't have any stats on this guy, but we don't. Re- no, I've only looked. I've the stats and the homework I've done here is more so the new additions to the league as opposed to like I haven't looked at Chilwell. He was with Leicester last year. His stats are there for people to see, but no one's going to be able to pull up. Yeah. You know, Timo Werner's stats without uh, looking at looking for not in the fancy Premier League. Yeah, and to be honest, with you, I um, some of my stats have been pulled from like TransferMarket.co.uk or fancy. Yeah, I'll take the hit for that one as well because I believe that when I was asking you to do a bit of research for us, uh, I said new additions as opposed to kind of summer signings. But I suppose in the last that was you know yourself how quick fucking time can go in the preseason and uh, a week since we last spoke, all of a sudden we're talking about Callum Wilson again, which I didn't expect. To be honest, uh, you know. Yeah, well, there's there's just so many that, like, aside from the new additions to the league, which there's you know many. If you were to just talk about players switching between clubs in the Premier League and things like that itself, you know, you would never get through it. There'd be like two or three different pods. Um, if you wanted to talk about people in detail, so I just wanted to talk about the the big guys there with with Chelsea. Uh, there's also Thiago Silva, who's new to the league. He's 36 this month and he's centre back. He's 5.5 million in the league. Not really worth talking about. But talking about uh, Wilson, yeah, we saw him last season. He was largely ineffective. It will depend on his price. With a team like Newcastle, he could be good. Is Ryan Fraser confirmed I think that's yet? been Wasn't confirmed. Sure that I'm pretty sure I've seen a picture of him looking smug beside a Newcastle crest. Now, with today's technological advancements, you know, of course, I can't trust anything. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. Pen- pending okay. medical. Well, I definitely know Wilson has. I saw that literally uh, earlier today and people talking about it. Uh, I've only heard about uh, Ryan Fraser, but I've been busy at work, so I don't know. Um, another, like they're also signing. Um, there's somebody else they're looking at signing. I Bender. don't know, but I am looking at like as I said, if Wilson comes in at the right point, that could be you know a pretty decent attacking uh, lineup for Newcastle uh, with Almiron. Uh, Saint Maximin, yeah, uh, Fraser and Wilson. Like that's all of a sudden turned a team that. I thought it looked pretty toothless outside of kind of Maxim, say Maximin being, you know, the opposite, I suppose, full of teeth. But, uh, yeah, fucking all of a sudden they look, oh, they have some attacking options. It is hindered by Steve Bruce, I suppose, being a manager. They're still Newcastle, so I'm not going to be yeah. gone, you know, gone in. Well, Fraser used to mostly play on the left for Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, a left wing, left midfield. So that's where Maximan plays. Maximan. I'd imagine so, he fucks off to the right. I mean, yeah, does he go to the right? Does he kind of play more central? Does Fraser go to the right? It's hard to see because Fraser has played the yeah. right as well before. So look, just something to kind of watch out for in game week one or two if they are, if he has signed and if he is playing. Um, talking about right wingers, Man City have signed Ferran yes. Torres. He's another young buck. He's uh, 20 years of age, He's a right wing Spanish player. Um, he is 7.0 he comes in with not a whole lot of stats on this guy I mean career stats wise he's only played 71 league games 
Um, he's got six goals, league goals, seven league assists in his time in Valencia. Last season, he played uh, 34 league games, 44 in all competitions, scored four league goals, five assists. So not huge numbers, but he is a young, promising talent. And you know if someone like Pep Guardiola and Man City are scouting him, then they believe he's got a lot, you know, bright future ahead of him. And uh, he was touted when Sancho was meant to be, you know, looking like he's likely to go to United. Borussia Dortmund were looking at him as a potential replacement at one stage. And, uh, you know, Borussia Dortmund have, you know, a good scouting network where they buy these young players, knowing that they have good chance of developing into world-class talent and then selling them on for, you know, 100 plus million couple of seasons later so if they're looking at him then there's a lot of people who are excited by him so he i think it's just this is going to be one season too soon for him to be really you know a lot of good value for him there i think you know he's competing with maris foden can play on the right although maybe more likely to play you know central this season he can also play on the left so uh, and there's bernardo silva who can play on the right as well i just think he's going to be behind these guys and his minutes will be limited so i'm going to just sit back Watch him when he gets game time. I think he'd be introduced slowly, you know. So you're going it's, to sit uh, back, have, a, have a biscuit, cup of tea, and see what Fernan... Is it Fernan, Torres? Ferran. Ferran. Yeah, I was thinking Fernan is just a lazy yeah. man's Fernando. But uh, yeah, Ferran Torres, that's an interesting name. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing what he does. I think he's basically just kind of coming in to take the Sané role in the sense of having a winger that sits on the bench, <laughs> you know, and can be introduced uh, yeah. and he's young and a, a good prospect, but yeah, definitely not something I'm considering for my FPL team. What other teams and players have you looked at, Seamus? There's a few more here. Um, I'll talk about, uh, a Berechi Ize. Oh, the Crystal Palace signing. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. Crystal Palace signing 6.0 million. So he's one of those players that, uh, there's not too many, players in the 6.0 bracket that are really yeah. interesting me he's one of them if he hits the ground running he's 22 years of age he's uh right footed plays attacking midfield but can also play center midfield left or right midfield as well um he really you know played a few different you know positions here last season um when he signed from qpr he played 46 times over 4,000 minutes got 14 goals eight assists so he did really well in the championship last year um of those 46 games, he played 26 in attacking midfield position. He played 19 of them in a kind of left midfield or left wing yeah. position. So he can play left or right, uh, left wing, or he can play kind of attacking midfield. So Saha also plays left side of midfield, left wing. So yeah, I'm not, I don't think they'll be. They're not going to. He maybe he's considered a future replacement for him. But I feel like maybe this will bring out, out some. No, well, like, like we've been saying for seasons that you know it looks like Zaha wants to go now yeah. to a different team. Didn't really look like he was too bothered last year. What do you think? He was kind of lazy. Yeah, last I think year. he's just that kind of. Yeah, level. but I feel like that's just fucking Zaha. Like he's just one of these lads has a bit of an anti problem, but a world of fucking talent. And uh, I don't know. I feel like to say as is like, you know a future Zaha is like, I don't know. I actually like what you what you said about Eze there was the first uh, bit of stats I've actually heard on him. All I do know is that it's not pronounced easy. So any FPL yeah. managers with Eze as their uh, in their FPL team names, hoping that you read it as yeah. easy, I won't be doing it. I'm going to make a, a yeah. visceral effort to not do it. You'll make a point of pronouncing it yeah. Eze, Eze writer. writer. doesn't work, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's somebody who... Um, 
you know, he's like you're talking, he's signed by yeah. Crystal Palace. So at the end of the day, how interested are you going to be in Crystal Palace? I think it's the same price as Milijojevic, and uh, he's on penalties, although he didn't get too many last year. I think he's somebody to watch. I'd be interested in getting him, but again, one, two. Uni flu. Not to maybe lump straight in on. Yeah, he could be somebody to yeah. go for. But, uh, but yeah. there's some players from new promoted teams that are 6.0 that you might want to go for instead. 100%. You know, and, that's, uh, and that's, you know, about as much time as you ever want to fucking talk about, I suppose, Crystal Palace signings, you know. Uh, what are, what are yeah, the players yeah, have you got? But he's, he, has, he has gotten better there. Uh, well, there's one more Crystal Palace oh, player. Oh, my I gosh. Uh, Nathan Ferguson, <laughs> 4.0. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, just somebody that a lot of people were looking at as um, a 4.0 route into defence. Signed this year, um, was playing with West Bromwich Albion last year. 19 years of age, can play right back or left back. Looks to be signed as a future replacement for uh, Wambasaka. And uh, yeah, he played 21 games last year. 12 at left back, 9 at right back. Got one goal, one assist. Seemingly having a bright future. He's just come up back from a, an injury, and he doesn't look to be completely ready for the start of the season. So it's a bit of a shame because he was in my team until I heard about this injury that he's still not recovered from. Yeah, no, he was in my team too. I've actually replaced him with the other 4.0 option in Mitchell for Crystal Palace, another new player to the Fancy Premier League. I don't know if he was on the squad last year, but I hadn't heard of him. And uh, yeah, played, I think he played the last game or so when... When Van Aanholt yeah, got and injured. that's exactly why he's currently starting is is Two Van Aanholt's injury. So while he is in my squad just for sheer kind of budget, uh, I'm you know fully aware that once Van Aanholt has uh, shaken off his knock, Mitchell's place is going to be up for grabs. You know, or you know, at like just yeah. gone. It's going to be gone, James. Yeah, and just to finish out here, I've um, I've got two more players in my analysis anyway, but um, there's also one or two. Uh, I'll mention as well in passing, but uh, Donny Van Der Beek or Van Der Beek. I think it's Beek. I keep calling him Van Der Beek. I think it's Beek. B e e k. You know that 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 seems well, like. I don't know. I think. Plus, well, you can kind of like you know, it's like James Van Der Beek. Okay, fair enough. Like so if we're going to go with a Dawson's Creek approach to this, I'm fully on board. Go on, Donny Van yeah. Der Beek. Kind of doesn't look a million miles away from like Dawson's Creek, like long lost brother. Anyway, only seen so. him at a distance. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be priced at 7.0 million but I can't find him in the game but I've seen him on uh, Twitter being announced as 7.0 okay, million okay well okay I don't do see you him think he's uh, do you think now. he's worth uh, adding to the game um I don't know because he primarily he's 23 years of age plays center midfield or attacking midfield he's kind of that plays in that kind of Bruno position that's his best position arriving late in the box He's good for goals and uh, a few assists as well. But, yeah, last season, 23 games played in the league, 8 goals, 6 assists, 37 goals overall in the season, 10 goals, 11 assists. So, you know, he's he's kind of getting a goal every four games yeah, kind I watched of thing. A couple of, I, not, I watched a couple stuff. of analysis videos on this chap. And uh, I think, like, as you said, he is kind of that attacking midfielder almost. His best position is the Bruno role. But what he's bringing to United's squad is... An actual, some actual fucking depth, uh, where that they can rest a few yes. players and they can make some changes, and that's something you saw that was sorely missing at the end of last season. And I'm really, while FPL wise, I'm definitely um, not not very excited about this uh, this player. Uh, from a United perspective, I'm like, oh, very happy. What he does is like he makes that bit of space. He pulls off. He does score goals. He's uh, he's a ball of talent and. Um, 
while I don't think he'll get the minutes, you know, he's going to maybe next season, as you said with Ferran Torres, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, you know? Yeah, I just think I can't see a way of him, Pogba and Bruno all playing yeah, at the I same time. That. Um, they're all centre midfielders and you're, I don't think you're going to drop Pogba or Bruno for him but it does give depth to the squad and as a United fan as well myself I'm excited to see him in the league and how he'll do for United but there could be times you might want to go for him for spells you know if somebody's injured for example but um, yeah again I feel like a lot of these guys were saying wait and see some of the Chelsea guys were kind of saying yeah maybe go for them once they're over their injuries but the rest are kind of wait and see so um, yeah that's uh, Donny van der Beek the last player I did um, an analysis on there was um, yeah. Alan for uh, You actually got this guy in. Which segues nicely. Put him in just to see how much you know nice. about him. He's a 29-year-old centre midfielder. He's Brazilian. He signed from Napoli. Um, played 23 games for, in, for Napoli in the league last year. Two goals. Um, overall, he's not somebody who gets a lot of goals. Seems to be kind of more of a ball winner. Kind of box-to-box midfielder more than a defensive midfielder. He got 11 goals um, in 168 league games for Napoli. Before that, he played 104 league games for Udinese. Only got one goal, so he's not mm-hmm. prolific. And uh, he gets, you know, he's got 14 assists in those 168 games as well. So he's not going to get you a whole lot of goals or assists. Seems to be kind of more uh, midfield player. Now, you know, 5.5 million. I can't really endorse him. He's someone to kind of. I, until I did the stats, I didn't know much about him. Like I was one when I heard they signed Allen, I thought they might have signed Joe Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. And then I was like, having signed him. He's probably old now. So no, it's this guy. Um and also you've got there's talks and rumors of them signing okay. Decore coming in now. So like Decore and Allen could be a good center midfield all of a sudden. Go, certainly going to be an upgrade on um Davies and whoever else they've got playing in there. And Andre Gomez. Although yeah. I like Gomez. I like Gomez. Yeah, so yeah, they they'll they'll definitely have options. They could be good this year, especially if they sign to Corey. But even Gomez and this guy could be Yeah, yeah we said good. Rodriguez signed so, today. That was confirmed today as well. Hamas Rodriguez. He he was signed today. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not getting my I'm not getting my fucking lips wet at James Rodriguez like I would have been maybe three or four years ago. He's had a pretty downward spiral over the last couple of years career-wise. I'm too ignorant to know if that's, you know, anything other than injuries or or something like that. But I know in terms of games played, severely lacking in numbers. So, yeah, not so much interested in Rodriguez, but I think Everton as an outfit this season have made some interesting changes. And one worth noting is that they haven't, you know, gone for any mad striker. So I'm assuming Dominic Calvert-Lewin is uh, is still Ancelotti's man up front this season, wouldn't you say? Well, Richarlison as well, although in the last preseason game he played out yeah. on the left, um, like a left wing of an attacking tree, so... It remains to be seen. We don't get uh, enough preseason games to analyze what Carlo Ancelotti is likely going to do. Uh, so, yeah, Calvert Loon or um, Richarlison. But I, that's the one thing I'd hate to go for Richarlison now that they've got these attacking options and suddenly see. I'd hate to go for Calvert Loon and then see Richarlison start center forward and, um, you know, all the Hamas Rodriguez playing, Sigurdsson playing, and then just, you know, whoever else. Like, it will be. You still, they've got a lot of options. So, Calvert Loon could find himself. On the bench for seven million FPL, you'd be kind of pulling your hair out with that. You'd be looking for a replacement. So, again, with all with these teams with so much change, especially with a team like Everton, like Chelsea, you know what who's going to be the established players. Maybe not game week one, but fairly soon. Everton, you don't know what way he's going to combine these players, especially like someone like Richarlison. So, yeah, you're right in what you're saying. Um, 
last season, my namesake, James, scored That's one goal, a, one assist from eight goals. Bit of a stretch. James huh? oh. to Seamus. I mean, basically... That's like the Spanish version of Seamus. I know it's the Spanish fucking version of Seamus. And Seamus is the yeah. Irish version of James. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Come on. Go on. Bladder on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Rodriguez translated into Irish is McCarthy. That's well, possible. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, that that may be wrong. But the first part is definitely right. Um, but yeah, he only got one goal, one assist last year from eight league games in La Liga. He only played 14 times last season, 728 minutes in total, all competitions, a nothing season. Season before, two seasons before that, he was on loan with uh, Bayern Munich. Scored some goals with them. I was surprised to see he still got some goals. He got seven goals each season, last two seasons before that. You know, didn't play a full season, played like 28 games in 18 19. For example, but uh, so as someone goes, but his attitude overall wasn't that great. Uh, seems to be a bit of a dud uh, with them. So he's hoping to try and get his career back on track. He is 29 years of age, so he's you know not past it in terms of age or ability. But it's all about attitude, and yeah, I don't know. I look it definitely kind of as far as I'm concerned, rules out Gilfie Sigurdsson as an option. Not that I was considering him anyway. I actually think Sigurdsson, I was going to say a few minutes ago, but um, I think Sigurdsson is someone I have high hopes for this season. Not not high hopes for. Um, I really wish that he pulls back some of the form that we used to, you know, that we knew from him. And maybe, like, with all of the signings of these attacking midfielders, he gets a position that he kind of feels comfortable with. Because I feel like in the last year or two, he's kind of been playing and he's kind of been, um, you know, uh, I suppose sacrificing his preferred positions for when you know, whatever the manager, like, whatever hole the manager needs to yeah. fill. Playing deeper yeah. in midfield. And or maybe like that, wise. You know, playing on the wing. And he's not, yeah, he's not good on the right. Like maybe really. if he basically gets the kind of, like, this, you know, the position that he needs, especially at this state of his career, or this stage in his career, uh, yeah, I'd like to see him start returning to form a bit. Uh, I know it's 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 probably not something we should be talking about in the pod, but if, uh, if at the end of game week 38, Sigurdsson has had one of uh, the seasons that he had in the days of yore, then... Uh, you know, we can go back here and go. Look, we call it. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's wishful, wishful thinking. I'm. I wouldn't recommend. It's literally what I said. Though. It was wishful we'll thinking. Talk talk, so. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I don't think I'd recommend anyone who I'd be talking to about FPL to, to consider him. Um, even if he started off well, I'd be afraid that he'd just lose his place after a couple of Fair games enough. anyway, and you'd just be some player that you'd have to transfer. I feel out. like we've we've spent so, the last couple of minutes just talking about like Chelsea and Everton, but uh, no, you've talked about. We've yeah. also got Crystal Palace in there. Is there any other players you've left that you want to shout out, Seamus, or is that? Uh, that's that's pretty much all of them uh, that I think I've I've done an analysis on so far. I mean, there's a lot of players like I haven't looked at Chilwell. His stats, for example, are there in the league, and you can look up Callum Wilson's stats as well from last season. Jeff Hendricks gone to Newcastle. So uh, I think this, yeah, the only thing I would say then is uh, the likes of uh, Eze for Crystal Palace. You know, he's coming in at 6.0 million. When I look at that, I think I would rather go for um, a player from a promoted team there that could be around the same price. I'm thinking West Brom mm. has a good player there uh, in midfield. Their player of the season, You've I think. You've teed me that, up nicely, uh, Seamus. I don't know if that was intentional. Um, but yeah, no, you, you've set me up nicely for... The next segment that we're going to look at, and that is uh, promoted potential. So you mentioned Pereira for West Brom. We're going to start with... I didn't mention, but I, I, I strongly 
indicated that's who I was yeah. talking about. And rightly so, rightly so. But we're going to start with Leeds because that's the way I did the order okay. here. So <laughs> I decided the fairest way was to do it in terms of promotion. So I went Leeds, West Brom, Fulham. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, Makes sense. and this is the bit that I kind of had a little bit of a look at. Now, you and me, we're different, uh, we're different brains. That's why we work so well together. Peanut butter and jelly, chalk and cheese, my favorite of sandwiches. Um, so I don't know if, if this is going to be of, you know, standard that you're used to, Seamus, but I've looked at least. And I don't know. Before I go into it, I want to know, what do you think of them? Because I've actually looked at them, and I know you haven't looked at them. So what's your first kind of thoughts on Leeds? And I can tell you how wrong you are. Yeah, I've been waiting for Leeds to get promoted for the last five seasons yeah. or so now. They've always been there, thereabouts, falling away latter half of the season for some reason or other, you know, falling out of the playoffs or get to the playoffs and just not quite, you know, get over the line, fall at the final hurdle. So, yeah, I mean, previous seasons gone by, I've kind of kept an eye on them and seen which players are good and stuff like that. But I think about two or three seasons ago, I said, I'm just going to stop kind of assuming these guys are going to get promoted. And when they get promoted, I'll look more at it. What I've looked at mostly is they've got um, Bamford up front, right? Last season. Yeah, last year it was all Patrick Bamford. Never really liked him. <laughs> Didn't like him. I know he got a good few goals. What did he get, like 13, 16 goals? Uh, last 16 year. goals, two assists. Yeah, I got his share of goals, but I've never liked him. Anytime he's been in the Premier League, you know, he was with Chelsea, wasn't he? And then he was with Crystal Palace. Never did nothing. I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you right now, he had 128 shots in the box last season. And that was the highest in the league. That's good. I'll also tell you um, that his finishing was dreadful. So, <laughs> that, yeah. that'll tell you, yeah. just because he had the highest amount of shots in the league, maybe, like... He's a, a volume shooter. shooter, but yeah, he definitely wasn't. Yeah. But to, to be honest with Jim, it's for 5.5, he was someone that I thought, oh, okay, he fits a nice mold here. That was until they signed Rodrigo. And I know there's talks for Rodrigo being a, like, a winger uh, or playing kind of with Bamford, yeah. but I would be concerned that maybe he takes Bamford's position off him. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Like I, as much research as research, which air quotes for the for the audio listeners, um, as much research as I did on this, I, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the fucking wingers situation is for Leeds in regards to you know would Rodrigo need to take Bamford's place? It's a big addition to the squad, but uh, he definitely puts a doubt on a 5.5 option that I thought was like pretty fucking nice for a while. Yeah, Biesla as well is meant to be a bit of a master tactician, you know, by all accounts. he uh, People would be, you know, jerking him off, you know, metaphorically at least. I'm sure they're doing um, it like, how physically good as well. He is. It may yeah. be in the club, but I'm hearing so much about how, you know, this guy, you know, Pep Guardiola loves this guy and everyone loves him. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, maybe he is the master. So maybe. It's not just he, Pep. Like, he's he known can't. around the globe. Yeah, or in the world. He married yeah. Argentina, but I just mentioned Pep because Pep is considered one of you know the managers that everyone you know loves, and if Pep loves him, then he must be a tactical genius. That's so yeah, he's he's somebody that um, you know you, I don't really know much about him or what tactics he's employed too much last season because I do generally take the approach at the start of the season to not really invest in the new teams, um, go for tried and trusted players. So. I may go for like a 4.5 defender or 4.0 defender if they're proving value. This fucking cat. So what you're saying to me right now, Seamus, 
Jesus. I apologize to anyone listening to that shit. (laughs) It's absolute nonsense. Okay, you're going to kill me. I'm going to kill you. Sorry. uh, Yeah, no. You kind of led into it there. 4.5 million defenders is exactly where I'm going with uh, with Leeds. Like, we kind of got off on the wrong foot in regards to the attacking options because I was like, oh, right haven't really prepared a lot of attacking options because outside of Bamford uh, there wasn't a whole lot but looking at their defensive options they got 22 clean sheets last year 13 home 9 away and conceded 35 goals uh, that's not too bad 22 clean sheets 46 games I'm going okay I mean they I'm pretty sure they had higher clean sheets than West Brom and Fulham I mean so as far as I'm concerned okay this is something to work from I'm not going to be investing 5 million uh, defenders here, but luckily they have a shit ton of 4.5 billion defenders. And uh, Stuart Dallas and Luke Ayling are the two that, if I was interested in Leeds, they'd be the ones I'm going with. Now, the problem is that I think their fixtures are pretty poor. They've got Liverpool and Man City in the first four. I'm not trying to think too far outside of the first four, but like even outside of that, they have Sheffield United and Wolves, so I think they'll be kind of tight games. They have one nice one. Game week two, they have a Fulham match, and in game week uh, six, they have Aston Villa. So they have two like okay fixtures, but in general, I want my 4.5 defenders to have a nice run of fixtures over the next couple of game weeks. I'm not really planning my team past the first four to six game weeks because, you know, at the start of the season, all this shit can change. So... It might seem a little redundant, but uh, as the season goes on, maybe we see a couple of these Leeds defenders, like, as I said, a Luke Ailing or a Stuart Dallas um, dropping that 0.1, that 0.2, turning from a 4.5, all of a sudden they're 4.3, and Leeds hit a nice patch. Then you're thinking, okay, well, maybe I can. I can save a few bob with them. That's how I'm kind of approaching Leeds. Like, they're kind of... They have some decent, as I said, budget enablers throughout the the squad. They have their 4.5s. Their keeper, Meslier, I think uh, they had Casillas last year, but he done fucked up, and I don't think he's getting back into the squad. And uh, so, like, you you know, you've got four... No, they're looking to sell him. Yeah, and right. Uh, But, like, you've got 4.5 options, kind of. Is it Martinez linked with Leeds as well? Did we mention that in the last episode? Uh, yeah, they've been looking to try to get him for like over a season now. Uh, they were also linked for mm. briefly with, uh, I think, Romero when United were looking to sell him. But he's gone to Aston Villa now. So, um, yeah, let's see. I think, yeah, this the, the Martinez kind of move could happen after the deadline. Like the, the transfer, like game week one is obviously 12th of September. Yeah. That's the deadline for that. But the, the, the international... Sorry, the transfer deadline October. isn't until, what, the 3rd yeah. of October? I think something like that. Like, the issue is that I actually think if Martinez did move to Leeds, it would be probably um, a poor option because right now he looks like he could keep that spot in the Arsenal team and all of a sudden you have a 4.5 goalkeeper playing for Arsenal. Now, that's something, again, we mentioned in the last episode. We're not going to get uh, stuck in the start of the season with an Arsenal. For me, I'm not going to get stuck in the start of the season with an Arsenal keeper that might lose his spot to Leno, uh, very possibly, because I just don't want to make those changes. But like looking at Luke and uh, Luke Ayling and Stuart Dallas, 43 chances created by Dallas last season, and 26 shots on target. Only Bamford had more. That's that's 56 shots Bamford got. We mentioned he had 128 shots in the box, only 56 on target last season and 26 shots on target from your left back. Now he the issue with Dallas is that he kind of was played in multiple positions like he kind of basically ended up as a left yeah. back 
I, wa- I was going to ask about that because when I looked at his thing, it said he played center midfield. Yeah, and quite a lot. He played in different positions a bit. So was he? Is he like a utility player? I think he's like more of a like as far as I'm concerned, he's essentially his performance at the end of the season has kind of knocked him down as a left back right now. But he's not a natural left back. Mm. Uh, where his natural position is, I'm definitely too ignorant to know that. But like, if he's playing, it's it's a bit more like a James Milner was with Liverpool there before. Uh, Robertson kind of yeah. came out, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I was looking at Ailing. I'd Ailing in my team uh, at the start of the season before fixtures were announced. But since they have announced the fixtures, yeah, you alluded to it earlier. It's a real mixed bag of dicks. Yes. Like Liverpool away game week one, Sheffield United in game week three, Man City game week four, and then even Wolves at home in game week five. You know, that's a bad home fixture. How they'll do is anyone's guess. You know, um, maybe Bielsa, Bielsa will come up Bielsa. and Say it right. be like. I don't what know, am like I saying? Bielsa or Bielsa or something like that. I know what the fuck you're saying, but it's Bielsa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just Bielsa. needed to just right. get this out in there because I can't have cunts coming back after the show saying, what's wrong with Seamus? Like, is he pissed? I think what I'm doing is I always get confused with that. So I say Bielsa sometimes. Just, I say Bielsa just, the other time. So I know I'm getting it wrong 50% of the time, but I know I'm getting it right 50%. Just call him Stoke and that will you know solve I mean? all your issues. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe he'll be manager the month for the month of September and prove to be a genius, and we'll yeah. all be like, "Whoa, these guys are class!" And it could be, you know, how you know Wolves surprised us and did so well in their first season, and uh, nearly said Stoke again. But Sheffield United did really well uh, last season. Uh, it could be something like that, or it could be that they get off to a bad start because they've bad fixtures before turning it around. And you know, a lot of people are predicting that they're going to finish, you know, high up the table. They're not going to struggle. They're going to be, you know, a good bit better than the worst teams in the league could finish people are saying maybe you know 9 10th 11th they could be finishing up that high let's see i'm excited to see yeah. what they're like but i'm not going to start off with them until i have an idea of how uh bielsa is going no, to no. play and how he's going to line up i mean it, it's the same reason i have doubts small doubts albeit about chelsea and everton don't really know what we he's going to no, line I get up you. I get you. No. And that's like, I mean, I'm the same with you. With Leeds, as far as I'm concerned, I think wait and see a little bit, see how the defenders, uh, you know, or how the how the situation goes, a couple of price drops here and there. They could become very tasty. But well, moving on to West Brom, Seamus. Like we talked about looking and waiting to see with Leeds. We mentioned Pereira at the start. He's probably, outside of Mitrovic, he's probably the most likely promoted player to be in my team. And I think that's West Brom's biggest strength, is having a 6 million midfielder as like almost a talisman, a cup price potential talisman, you know? Yeah, he's. I haven't looked at anyone from West Brom, if I'm completely honest. They still have a few players we remember from a few years back, like they have yep. Gazi, if we remember him. He's 4.5. I think if I wasn't going for Pereira, none of their strikers appeal. You know, if like if any of these teams, by the way, got some like Brewster from Liverpool at 4.5 as an option, somebody unknown like that, be really really interested in that. But without that, yeah, per- uh, they've got Jake Livermore, Jake Livermore players. You know, former players. They've got Dean yeah. Gana. But going back to Pereira, six with- million, 38 yeah. games. He's signed this season. He was on loan last year. Eight goals, sixteen assists. I think, like for six million, I don't know. I mean, fixtures wise, dodgy start. Leicester, Everton, Chelsea in the first three, but then a sea of fucking green. You know, they got some Southampton, some Burnley, some Brighton, some Fulham. Like 
even Sheffield United, Crystal Palace and Newcastle in the five after that. Do you know, so it's like, I don't know if I'm going to jump in and I'm right now, but if I did have a player that I was looking to make money, you know, like to make funds from, and I was dropping down from like a son to a, a, a like, as I said, Pereira, six million in game week four down to like a nice run of fixtures. If you're looking for, you know, kind of Man United, Manchester City, fucking uh, cover that haven't started the year. I think there is a good option. That's kind of why I've got Pereira circled. It's like, okay, he's pretty decent. Sam Johnson in goals. He's played every league game since 2018-2019. 4.5 option. Pretty solid. They did sign David Button, but I assume... Like, I don't know. Is Button going to... Is He's backup, I, you'd imagine. Why would you it's, go from um, backup Brighton I, to backup West Brom? It just... I don't know. But, <laughs> better um, contracts? It still keeps the it still keeps the eight point five goalkeepers alive. You know, if you want to go for a four point five and a four point yeah. rotation, so that kind of frees up your you know it allows us now to go triple Brighton. You know, you don't have to have two of your positions used up on goalkeepers. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, if you want to go triple attack, for example. I don't think anyone does want yeah. to for Brighton, but you know, Johnson is someone who's semi interested in semi interesting. But I think I'll probably just go with McCarthy. Yeah. Or Ryan, I'm with you. Yeah, they they weren't really great. What were the, what were their defense? You have the stats for their defense? I don't think their stats were very good away from uh, last season. I think they kept more away clean sheets ahead than home. Yeah, clean well, sheets. no. Uh, oh, yeah, they did actually. They had 14 clean sheets last year, five at home, nine away. The third best defense in the league, 45 goals conceded out of 46 matches. So about a goal a game average there. That's my my maths deduction. You, you're welcome. Um, yeah, no, like it's fine. Yes. Again, it's like um, it's likely it's like. There's no, there's no, like I, I don't know. I suppose I'm, I'm kind of blathering here, but basically, with the tr- promoted teams this season, they're all pretty much wait and see in terms of defensive boys. Like there's no 4.0 options that are nailed. Where I'm going, oh well, I don't give a fuck if he concedes every week. He'll be on my bench. He's 4.0. That isn't the case with any of these lads, and uh, it's the same with West Brom at the moment. You know, it seems to be all 4.5, 4.5, and I'm just kind of looking at. The promoted teams down the line, as we said, they come into a nice run of fixtures from game week four onwards. So keep an eye on them. But there's no need to there's no need to go mad on on West Brom right now. You you mentioned four point oh. They don't have any four point oh no, defenders. West Brom. Okay, you're right. They're all four point five. But Leeds have a couple. And uh, to go back from just for a moment, like you've got Douglas, you've got Stroke, Davies, and Casey. Now I don't think Davies and Casey are or Davies and Casey are yeah. going to start. But Strike and Douglas, I've seen those in a few people's teams. I've seen people talking about Strike as a potential option. Uh, but I think now they sign Kosh or Kosh or it's Kosh Kosh or whatever yes. he's called. How do you not yeah. know Kosh? Well, now they sign him. For fuck's sake. But now. That's <laughs> not how I spell Kosh. Yeah, anyway. well, you spell uh, like Hammers, uh, S E A M U S, apparently. But look, we're not going to get bogged down in Leeds yeah. or West Brom. We're going to move right on straight into Fulham. And uh, a man who's in both of our teams. Uh, Mitrovic, six million, clearly the standout promoted uh, option this year. I think something like what thirty, forty percent of people have him in their teams right now. We both have him in our teams. Um, golden boot winner, I think he was joint, or I'm not sure, but he was golden boot winner. Uh, not a terrible run of fixtures either, Shame. It's a tough opening day, like a uh, match against Arsenal, but Leeds and Aston Villa in game week two and three. I think that's probably why we're, you know, so relaxed with having having him in my team in terms of like I don't think I've taken him out since I put him in to be honest with you have you yeah 
I I have him in my team. Since I put him in, he's been there. Still, like totally enamored with him because I keep thinking like when I look at who I think is gonna get like you know where I think the final standings in the league are gonna be, who I think are gonna win, who's gonna finish top six, and who's gonna get relegated. Like every prediction I'm making is like, yeah, Fulham are probably gonna finish last in the league, maybe second or third last, but I still think they're gonna get relegated. And then I'm like thinking to myself. If I believe they're going to get relegated, why am I so all in on one of their strikers? I mean, if they're going to get relegated, it's because they're going to concede a lot of goals and fail to score goals. Well, I mean, so, the year they did get relegated, like 2018, 2019, Mitrovic had a fantastic start to the league, if I, if memory serves me correctly, no? He did, and he ended up with 11 goals, 4 assists, <laughs> which actually... I said start, I said a fantastic was, start. <laughs> Yeah, but he like he did tail off towards the end when it was clear they were yeah. getting relegated. So a lot of these would have come in the first yeah. two or three months. He was second for shots but that the, the, year. He had 151 shots uh, in the 2018-2019 yeah. season. But, like, you know, shots off target, goals, and goals scored. I don't buy a whole lot into that. I remember that season, that was only two years ago, all the stats like, oh, Mitrovic this and stats this. I'm like, have you ever watched the yeah, Fulham game? Can... He used to get these, just a lot of headers, a lot of tame headers from, like, like not within the six-hour box, but like outside the six, you know, that, that he just put straight at the keeper or he put over, he gets something to it. He's good at getting his head on the ball, but they were all low XG he shots. He only converted you know? 8.4% of his chances last year as well, or the, in the 2018-2019 season. So even though he was second for shots that season, uh, only converted 8.4%. Last year, he converted 17.2% of his, uh, of his shots in the championship. But I think mm. based on like how averages drop here and there, it's it's not boding well for a you know like a like I'm not thinking all of a sudden no he's just an easy straight in my team the like the thing is he's got decent fixtures and I can look to move to a different striker say like a Shea Adams say Rodrigo from Leeds has a belter uh you know things like that I can get off him he's not yeah. I just kind of want to spread out the money a little bit and of the six million strikers out there. He's probably my preferred one. Yeah, he's the probably at his price point one of the best. I mean, at six point five, I would rather Antonio, but Antonio's fixtures are muck apart from yeah. game week one. So yeah, that's why I'm looking at, and I would be looking at somebody like maybe Chris Wood for Burnley if they had a game week one fixture. They don't, so this is why I'm on Mitrovic. And we mentioned um, what's his name, Calvert Loon for Everton a small while ago, seven million. Again. I'd rather wait and see what his place in the team is this year with all the new signings. So, yeah, that leaves me kind of just keep coming back to Mitrovic and I can't really shift him from my team. I don't think... I've heard some people saying, well, look, he's definitely going to get 15 goals in the league I this year. I don't think that's fair you know, to say like, at all, no. No, I, I think that's... Uh, if he did 15 goals in the league this year, that'd be amazing. I think if he does, like... I think he'd do 10 to 12 goals. If he gets 12 goals and, uh, you know, five or six assists, that'd be a great season for his price. All I'd want him to get is, you know maybe most of those attacking returns in the first you know couple of months while i have my team nope, i completely you know? i'm with you i think for the amount of people that have mitrovic this in their teams this year it's it's just don't be too fucking stuck to him like i'm not so i don't think he's uh he's you know kind of set in stone i'm willing to get off him but when you look at the fixtures you know, I'm going to be able to give him more time than I would other players. That's the issue. It's like, okay, Arsenal. Not expecting much against Arsenal. But I'll see how he gets on against Leeds and Aston Villa. And all of a sudden, we're into, you know, game week three, game week four, international break. Is it wildcard time? Do 
other options become apparent. But um, in terms of other Fulham... He, he's just after coming back from an injury, though, it should be mentioned. Like, he was injured towards the end of last season, struggled, play, came on in the playoff yeah. final, um, cobbled around a bit, did his bit, wasn't really at full fitness. and uh, He scored in the... He did the play an yeah. international break. Yeah, so he, he looks to be back now um, playing again, but where his fitness is, I think he came out and said his fitness is about 10 days behind where you know, the rest of the squad are where it needs to be. But, you know... I'm not really expecting him to do too much against Arsenal anyway. It's game week two and three fixture, like you mentioned. There's that, his, um, he's kind of... That's, that's his litmus test. Um, but just looking at other Fulham options, like there isn't too many, as I said there, you know, it's it's for me... Well, I say there isn't too many. For me, I have a second Fulham player in my squad. And that's someone I was talking to you about before we, we went on air this evening. And that's Harrison Reed. 4.5 he's signed from Southampton I believe uh, was pretty much nailed on last year listening to uh, Dara at Tinkerman he's you know the Fulham correspondent for Planet FPL he's always talking about him on Twitter and he seems to reckon that Harrison Reed is the safest 4.5 option or not safe 4.5 option the, like he's a safe option for Fulham but he's also 4.5 and like you have we'll get on to shortly but you have a five million defender in your in your team there's a, several managers there's lots of managers that have five, midfielders sorry lots of managers have five million midfielders yeah. in your team and you know the question is kind of needs to be asked if you don't intend on playing him does he need to be five or 4.5 can you save that half a mil and i think if you choose to save the half a mil the likes of a harrison reed for fulham at 4.5 is a pretty solid option and uh looking at the defense as well they have like as you mentioned they had four best defense last year in the championship not great it's worth noting that basically they signed michael hector from chelsea he was on loan i think he's he's signed full-time now maybe they signed him full-time last year that i don't know but uh they signed him uh in the january transfer window completely revitalized the defense they ended up with 17 clean sheets which you know as i said four best defense not the not great for a promoted team but Apparently, he completely revitalized it. They've nicknamed him Virgil van Mike, which I think is, is my favorite nickname in the league this year. And uh, if he can, if they continue the form that they uh, basically picked up after they signed him, maybe he, you know, he is, uh, their defense will be worth watching. Uh, but like, because of their, like looking at their entire season, it's hard to know right now. Do you know that kind of way? I've heard the same. I've heard Hector really changed uh, and improved that defense. The problem is, who's alongside him? Because Tim Ream, and I've, we watched him when he was in the Premier League two seasons ago. He is not Premier League no. quality. So if that's who's playing beside him, and look, Le Marchand, I remember all these guys. Christie, he's an Irish international. These guys aren't good enough. Brian, you know, I know he scores in the playoff final and stuff like that. None of these guys are that great. Mawson, not Brian's that great. two goals in the... I, I think he only scored one goal before them two. For just going back to him. Yeah, and he's priced at 5.0. Yeah. Like, come off it. There's no way. He's just a non-option. I think so he was... There's none of those guys... He was kind of cursed yeah. by the, the, the two-goal uh, playoff final. Do you know, that, that sealed his fate. You know, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's the one everyone's going to be looking at. Yeah, so I just don't think uh, any of those appeal. I just can see them conceding a lot of goals this season. I'm surprised that here they kind of did so well defensively last year. I mean, not too surprised. They did get promoted. So they yeah, And they didn't do to too de- too well. They just well. improved quite a bit. <laughs> like Just to clarify, I don't know if I made myself clear. But yeah, either... So, yeah, none of them... None of them really... I, I just... That's why I have... Uh, 
Aubameyang in my team. And I think he's probably going to be my game week one captain. I just can see them conceding a lot of goals in some games. So that's... Um, well, that's yeah, uh, there's no one there defensively. Even the you, goalkeepers... You've done it really again, Seamus. You segued perfectly into the next, uh, the next part of the show. You mentioned Aubameyang is your captain. We can all see that now. Uh... Yeah, I don't know about that now, uh, but uh, that's that's a turn up for the books. What else have you got with uh, with your team? You've you've gotten rid of Salah. So recently, yeah, recently, uh, like last week when we spoke, I was going for Salah, Mane, and Aubameyang, three big heavy hitters in midfield. Um, I've kept with three big heavy hitters, but I've gone off Salah because I haven't been impressed with um, him in preseason. You know, he hasn't gone away. He's been around. He's played in games and he hasn't scored. And look, it's been a disjointed preseason because some people are away on international duty. Like Trent was away for the last game, for example. He's been injured before that. They did score a lot of goals. I think they scored seven, they won 7-2 or something in their last game. Um, so they are scoring goals. Mane scored. I still think I want to go at Mane over Salah. He always starts the season well. And... Uh, yeah, I just haven't been impressed with it. I, I feel like going to double Liverpool attack while it would be something different and it is kind of a move that could be made. I just feel like I'm overexposed to double Liverpool attack and I don't necessarily think they're going to give Leeds a yeah. hockey in. Maybe Salah, will, maybe they win 2-0. Maybe Salah gets both goals, but I'm willing to bet that uh, it'll be Manny that gets in on the goals How much you willing to bet? might start off. Uh, about 12 okay. million. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so I'm uh, I've gone instead and moved that Salah player spot to Bruno Fernandez and put him on my bench. This was something I was kind of against putting that sort of money on the bench, but I feel like I can still get a good um, opening game week eleven out and then have Bruno Fernandez for that Crystal Palace game in game week two. Crystal Palace who are beset with injuries in defence. So then I can use another transfer to get in a second United player if I want, or roll it and get in two City players in game week three. Probably won't get a City player in against Wolves in game week two. Probably wait to game week three. So these are these are kind of my options now. So that's where I'm going. I've got Fernandez on the bench, and uh, I've got Mane Aubameyang, who's currently my captain. That could be Mane. Close, I'll decide closer. Then you've got Werner. Um, so those are your three big premium players in my starting 11 Fernandez would be a fourth for the following game week Mitrovic I've gone for Noble he was Richie last week but Richie looks injured slash possibly going to Bournemouth returning and say maximum is still on my team yeah yeah and uh I've what I've done with the extra money from Fernandez is I put it in my defense so instead of having uh, a 4.0 defender like Johnson or um Ferguson I now have Bellerin for Arsenal He's got two good opening fixtures. And I've also got Egan for 5.0 for Wolves. Because I still think 5.0 is really good to invest in um, Sheffield United. So they're playing Wolves in game week one. That's not the easiest fixture. But I just like Sheffield United. They've been pretty tight in preseason. I think they'll continue to you know, be tight at the yeah. back. No, I think that's a pretty... I, I'm worried about the Bellerin move. I don't know about that. How much did you say Bellerin was? 5.0. I don't know if I'd be investing This is a player that has been 6 points. Yeah, but this is a player who's been 6.5. And I'll just pull up his stats here again. So, like, in the last few seasons, okay, last season he played reduced minutes, only 1,100 minutes because yeah. of injury. Got one goal, you know, not a lot. Season before, still reduced minutes, 1,532 minutes. Got five assists. Uh, season before that, two goals, four assists. Season before that, one goal, five assists. One goal, six assists. 
this is tied in with you know when Arsenal can be defensively good they can get like you know they had that one season where he got 18 assists or 18 clean shits clean, clean shits. sheets and got 170 clean shits what are you clean fucking shits. on it <laughs> no such thing oxymoron uh, he got 172 points in the 15-16 season we know he has it in him for 5 million I think he's he could be excellent value if as it looks with the new signings that Arsenal have made uh, and Arteta's you know pro, uh, what you call it a project is in motion now you know Fulham away West Ham at home that could be good next few games aren't great uh, admittedly so I'm going to try and find a way to kind of rotate him out so I don't have to play him away to Liverpool or away to City in game weeks 3 and 5 so um, that's that's where I am at the moment and uh, Vinagre is still in there despite the rumours that now Porto are after him and if that happens that's going to be a pain in the balls if uh, if I have to deal with that because he's been one of the most nailed people's in, people yeah, on my I team think- the last yeah, few same here. Um, it would be a pity. I know they signed their the other uh, fullback in the last week or two, but apparently, oh. you know, he's more of a backup uh, left back. So I wasn't too worried about it. But yeah, as you mentioned, if if Porto if the Porto move does go ahead, that would it would, it would be a bit of a sickener because it would make trying to get into Wolves' defense a bit tougher this season. Um, looking at at your squad, Seamus, as I said, yeah, it's all good. It's worth noting that you've gone from you know, no United and City cover to Fernandez on the bench. I think that's the big one for me. I'm like, going, okay, you're sticking 10.5. You're saving that transfer. I assume that's something you'd recommend to other managers. I mean, if you're doing it yourself, monkey see and whatnot. Yeah, the other options out there, you can only have so many kind of big hitters and premiums anyway for game week one. I think most people will be looking at having Aubameyang. Most people will probably want Trent or maybe Michael yeah. Robertson. A lot of people have Werner in their team, and a lot of people have Salah, or in my case, Manny. So they might have Salah, Aubameyang. So there's a bit of a template forming there. With that, it means you have to go for cheaper options. I there's a lot. I don't really want to go for Son because I just I can see myself if I had Son, in game week one or game week two, wanting to move him to um, move him to Fernandez or maybe Rashford or someone like that or Greenwood in game week uh, game week two so I'm like you know what just save the transfer like am I really going to put it all on Sun hauling in game week one you know at home to Everton when they've got so many games around it that could just be maybe he'll maybe he'll bang in two or three goals Everton's new team right now looks pretty yes. strong you know this could be a tight cagey affair you don't know and if I'm only going to get rid of him after one week anyway I'd rather save the transfer I'd rather bet against Fair Sun enough. and just say you know what yeah, I'll just have Bruno on the bench. I'll just go, like, maybe Mark Noble can get a penalty against Newcastle, especially if Suchek is going to be out, um, you know, if he if he's going to miss it because he's um, got coronavirus and he's isolating. Coronavirus? Uh, yeah, no, I completely get you. That's fair enough. Uh, looking at my team, um, not too dissimilar from when we last spoke, I suppose. I've dropped Shea Adams, and I've decided... I had decided, I suppose, until today, to go with Greenwood on the bench, similar to your man, to your Fernandez on the bench. I was like, you know what? Save myself the transfer. I mean, it, it's a bit of a weak game week one squad in the sense that I'm playing Reed, but I'm also playing Aubameyang, Son, and Salah in midfield, four across the back. Now that Greenwood's gone and got himself a prostitute, I don't know. It's it makes it easier for me. It makes the decision easier to not have him in my team because I felt like I was sacrificing something. I had like St. Maximin in there. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? Like, fuck that. 
no, and now I'm thinking, fine, Greenwood set maximum, all of a sudden I've got two mil to play around with, and, you know, maybe I go and turn uh, turn Davis back into a Shea Adams and give myself some selection doubts, because he's someone I'm looking at. But yeah, in general, um, similar enough to you, Seamus, I've gone with Alexander-Arnold, I think the fucking, like, 90% of the fucking game has, has gone with him at this stage. I've also got Ryan in goals at the moment. I did make a transfer this week, it's probably the most important transfer I may undertake this season. I went from Button to Walton, from one 4.0 to another 4.0. Oh. But, uh, yeah, no, I think in general it's kind of the same. Is Walton their backup keeper for Brighton now? I he's He is in the game. <laughs> like, I don't know if he is in real life, but in the game the only other keeper is Walton. So I'm going to say, yeah. Uh, but, no, like, you know, check that space. That could very well change between now and the end of the season. Uh, but in general, like, I don't see a lot changing outside of the Greenwood situation. Just jumping back on Newcastle, as we mentioned, I feel... They have really strengthened their attacking options, and that makes me even more comfortable to go back to Sam Maximin. I suppose I'm most excited about the fact that you've gotten rid of Salah, which means I can be happy about having Salah and you having Mane, whereas last week when you had Salah and Mane, I felt like, oh, well, that takes away my Liverpool edge and uh, doubles yours for somehow. I think even Footbox uh, channel worth checking out on YouTube, um, they mentioned it in their rate my te- when they rated our teams over the weekend. And yeah, that really made me like a little bit sour about uh, you having Mane and Salah. But now that you've decided... I fu- look, no, I no, decided you've decided, Seamus. It's done now. It's done. This, but no, 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 I could go back to it, but... At the minute, I'm thinking, save myself the transfer. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm not, I don't feel like betting on Son. And at the minute, I'm kind of going, I was happy to bet on Salah. If you're going to bet on any player, you nearly bet on Salah. But now I'm thinking, maybe I like, I'm if I'm going to want a Fernandez anyway for game week two, that's going to be my move regardless. It's just going to be moving somebody in there. Then, um, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I just just do it now and just kind of hope that Salah doesn't do it against Leeds and uh, put my chips on. On Mane, like if I do get the impression that Salah is the way to go, I, maybe I change Mane to Salah. It's all they're the same price, but I just feel like um, game week one is the week to go for Mane. Over, Fair enough. Of you've been kind of tempted of that over the last couple of seasons. You've mentioned uh, wanting to go with Salah in or not without Salah and go Mane over him, and you haven't done that over the last two years. And you think you're thinking this year, I'm taking it. I'm biting that bullet. Full of you're full of confidence. Well, I'll be on Salah. I'll be on Salah at some stage during the season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, like, But right now, I'm just thinking, no. Manny. Manny's the way to fair go. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's our two teams. And as I said at the top of the show, yeah, we're fucking real, real close to the game week one deadline now. And, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I don't know... I don't know what state my team's going to be in at the time, but I know that uh, I'm looking forward to being able to do weekly episodes on actual, uh, you know, information, which is is almost my favorite in terms of like reacting to how the week has gone and reacting to how the week is going to go. Preseason, just because there's no friendlies, it's just not, it's not delivering anything for me. It's just, you know, the odd transfer here and there. Like what? Do you, like I'm looking at the same fucking fixtures I've been looking at for four weeks. You know, no new information. This time next week, Seamus, that all ends. Well, I think the first three games weeks of the season, or up until the international break or whenever the transfer deadline closes, I think those first few weeks are going to feel a bit like preseason. You know, obviously the teams who are going to be going for the title, you know, you're like, you know, 
Liverpool, City, they're going to try and hit the ground running. But I don't think they're going to be, you know, at the races straight away. And I think there will be, you know, I think Liverpool will take a 1-0 win against Leeds. I think they'll, you know, they're a 2-1 win. You know, as long as they get the win, I think they'd be happy. Yeah, so I don't think they'd be necessarily at it straight away. That's why I'm like, do I really want to go all in on, on Liverpool here, like with triple Liverpool? They don't win or if they drop points, could easy drop points, draw in it all, draw one all. Then I'm there with my triple Liverpool going, Jesus, I'm I'm overexposed here and yeah, I'm gonna to want to get rid of them. So maybe just take the risk early on and I think Man United will start off, you know, the season really fast and really well. So Bruno, I want him straight in my team. Have him. Get him in there. I could yeah, backtrack. I feel on like this. this is exactly what you're gonna backtrack on. And next this is what my preseason has been so far. Making five or six different drafts based on different strategies and changing my mind and just going, just working at different strategies. Going, I like this strategy. I like this strategy. One of them will work and I'll probably pick another yeah, one. No, fair enough. I, I, fair enough. We'll see what state we are in next week. We'll probably be hitting it about Sunday, maybe Monday evening. We'll see what way it works. I would like to thank everyone who joined us this evening, especially if you're still here. That's amazing. Uh, we have the mini league code up on the screen. Uh, again, it's EH4HH7. It's a triple H reference. I wish it was customized. It's not, but it uh, did completely balls me up introducing it at the start of the show. Um, again, thank you for listening. Subscribe, follow, do all the usual shit, retweet it. It really, really helps, and uh, we're super, super grateful for it. Bit of a long one, but uh, it is the Game Week 1 preview, so I suppose we're allowed to indulge in that for a little while. Seamus, are you going to wish any of these fine folks uh, anything? Yeah, I wish them well, and I hope you have a good Game Week 1, guys. If you want to DM us any questions during the week um, for next week, you know, you can get us at, at FPL Hangover. I'm at FPL Drunk. Feel free to DM me. My DMs are open if you want to ask for any advice. Except no responsibility for messing up your team, but I'll give you my honest opinion. And uh, you can make the final decision yourselves if you want. Yeah, fair enough. As I said, DM him. You know the usual crack. All No limits, no holes barred. He takes everything. He takes it in all holes. Uh, with that, lads, I wish you an enjoyable game week one. And God bless.